live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. They took it away. Now, Ed, we just did a segment that was so great that Jared sitting in the studio, instead of listening to us, retweeted a tweet that says, seriously, a monkey could bartend. This is the Press Box. The last two days on our opening segments, there's two segments we have for the best of. Now, you're probably going to have to play them on a loop because there's not a lot of best of on the show. We got to pay attention during these times. With Grady and Bischoff. Coming up next, we find out if monkeys can bartend. On ESPN Las Vegas. Ed is gone. He's at the Super Bowl this week. I regret this decision again. Yes. Gooch is here. Mm Mm-hmm. From with, comp. With like a third of the sports knowledge of Ed Grady. Not even a third. Probably like a 15%. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe 15%. That might be nice. I have a question for you. Yes. I realized this this week. And you're from Ohio, so you might be able to do this. Can you spell Cincinnati? Uh, C-I-N-C-I-N-A-T-T-I. Incorrect. Wait, wait. C-I-N. <laughs> C-I-N. N A T T I. Did I say it right? <laughs> it's not right. It's not right. Kira, wait, Kira, do you know how to spell Cincinnati? I can sure as heck try. C I N. Wrong. You're done. No, it's C I N. Oh, okay. Cincin. C A N? No, no. It is C I N C I N N A T I. That's oh, you I dub- said you doubled the I N. doubled. Oh, I doubled the T. Did you I? doubled oh, the C-I-N-C-I-N. second T's. Yes. And that's the thing. I never know. Do you double the first N, the second N, or the T's? I realized this week, I don't know how to spell this city's name. Cincinnati. Because every single time that I put it like in our rundown, I just type Cincy. Yeah. I don't even attempt to finish the word Cincinnati. You know what? That's right. Google has made us all dumber. It has. We just put Sin with C-I-N, yeah. and they either go Cincinnati or Cinnamon, and then we're confused. <laughs> But I don't know how to spell Cincinnati. Learned that this week. They definitely don't know how to spell that city's name. Well, now I know how to spell it because I was always confused about the two T's. Now? There's one T. Mm, that's what I'm saying. Three learned, N's. I learned there's two T, one T, three N's. I think, I think life's going to be two pretty sins. smooth. It's going to be smooth sailing from here on smooth out. Smooth sailing. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's how you spell Cincinnati. Las Vegas should have been Cincinnati if it's two sins. You see? <laughs> if it's Sin City. Come oh, on. You, you see the marketing there? All right, moving on. Nasty Natty. The first bite. What's funny is that I didn't have it up. I had Google up with uh, skim milk Googled. Okay. How many quarterbacks will actually change teams this offseason? Oh, man. Are we going to get an actual quarterback carousel? Well, every time the quarterback carousel gets played, it's like one name might move. Right. Like you we know? did we did this last offseason. And how many times have we done it with Aaron Rodgers? We did it for an entire and eight months. Russell Wilson. Right. How and many then times Russell did... Wilson got thrown in there? And then eventually Russell Wilson's like, you know, I like Seattle, so I'll stay here. But anyways, yesterday, Kyler Murray apparently unfollowed the Cardinals on Instagram. Uh, he unfollowed them and he removed all of his photos that had to do with him in a Cardinals uniform or anything like that. The only picture of himself that he left up there was one him at the pro bowl. And then another of him with Mike Evans or a Mike Evans post that he reshared where Mike Evans said, always wanted to catch a pass from the Texas legend. Hmm. First off, I love 
Instagram following and unfollowing reporting. That is one of the funniest <laughs> things that happens in sports is who are people following and unfollowing. But it's not just him following and unfollowing. He literally deleted all of the photos of him in an Arizona Cardinals uniform, right? Is he unhappy? Like, what's happening here? I don't understand. We like this kind of came out of nowhere, right? There yeah, was nothing before yesterday of oh, Kyler's unhappy with something. I've never heard any negative reporting about Kyler Murray behind the scenes or him ever doing something like this. So this is completely new. I've never seen anything. This is out of his character, or at least the character that he's portrayed to us, the media. So now we can start making up hypotheticals where Kyler Murray's a Raider next year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. We can do that. I like it. He's unhappy. The only thing keeping Kyler Murray from the Raiders was John Gruden. And now that that's out of the way, it has nothing to do with the Raiders draft <laughs> picking or anything like that. It was John Gruden. He's like, now that he's out, Kyler's coming in. I it's it's fascinating because all right, let me ask you this. He he kept one thing up with Mike Evans, who plays for Tampa Bay. They obviously lost a quarterback recently. Kyler Murray going to the Buccaneers. No. Why not? Well, he's got two years left on his rookie contract. What if he forces his way out? What well, if he's he... like, I'm not playing for you anymore? But you would have to get three first-round picks, and I don't think right now Kyler Murray's worth three first-round picks. You you would put it at three. If you were the Cardinals, you would put the price tag at three first-round picks? I would say, what, three years got him to the playoffs. His play, there's been times where he's looked amazing, and there's been times where he's got hit a little bit too much, and then his whole rhythm is thrown off. So it's like he has been somewhat inconsistent. So I wouldn't say three first-round picks, but the Cardinals probably would again because you're getting him two years with their rookie contract. Right, and that's that's the Probably the biggest difference here in Kyler Murray is that he has two years left on his rookie deal, right? This year and next year. His cap hit for this coming up season is going to be $11.3 million, which is a little bit more than the $6 million in his rookie year, but it's still not the 30 or $40 million that a good quarterback would get uh, in free agency. So I think three first-round picks is the right answer because yeah. you're going to get Kyler Murray two years really cheap. And mm-hmm. then presumably if you're trading for Kyler Murray, you like Kyler Murray, you're going to sign him to an extension beyond his rookie deal. So I think three first round picks is right. Does anybody give that up? No, that's sure. I mean, you get two years of Kyler Murray on a rookie deal. You're you're you are getting a solid player at the most expensive position for very cheap. Like the difference between Kyler Murray and like Derek Carr I'd take Kyler Murray over Derek Hart, but it's not that drastic, right? Like right. he's, I'd take him, but it's not like it's uh, a completely different tier. They're in the same tier basically, but Kyler Murray's going to cost 11 million this year. And then I don't know, 20, That's the only reason 20 million say. next year, Derek Carr is going to cost 19 this year. And then if you keep him, you've got to sign him to an extension where he's going to get 35, 40 million. So you're basically getting an extra year of cheap quarterback play if you were to take Kyler over Derek Hart right now. Right, right. And this is the only reason why you would take Kyler is because of the rookie deal. So you're only going to take him for the two years. And then on that third deal, here comes a monster contract. You're going to have to, you know, pay him up, pay, pay Kyler Murray. That's why I don't see Derek Carr and Kyler Murray that far off. Honestly, I think that the job Derek Carr did this, did, did this year compared to what Kyler Murray did this year, I'd have to go with Derek Carr. I'd have to say that he was a better quarterback this season without any weapons, really. I mean, Hunter Waller, Renfro. Oh, Hunter, he had Hunter Renfro <laughs> dropping passes, and then you know you had Waller that who dropping, was in and he out like one pass. Well, whatever. On. It was at a timely time. It was, it was. At a timely part of the part of the season. But but the thing is, though, is look at what Derek Carr did in the playoffs. He pushed Cincinnati all the way to the brink. 
what they score? Sixteen points. It doesn't matter. But look, what, but look at what look at what that defense did to the Chiefs. Threw a pick on the last play. Didn't even throw it to the end zone. I know, but I'm saying he got him there though. Towards the end, he, he didn't actually, get him anywhere. He, no, he bought he he bought he made that team battle, and they were in the game in the fourth quarter. At the end, that's basically all you could ask for if you're the if you're the if you're the Raiders at that point. I mean, you you barely made it into the playoffs, you, and then you're you're getting ready to you're battling the AFC representative that's in the Super Bowl right now. I mean, that, you got to give it to him. I mean, you could have thrown a touchdown pass on the last play. I mean, yeah, like, like you say, you, you could have asked for more. You I mean, could have at least thrown the ball to the end zone on fourth and goal, not short of the end zone. Hey, hey come goal. on. Let's not get ticky tacky here. All I right? mean, it was a bad play. <laughs> it was a very bad like, play. I, you hate to boil down the entire season to one play, but that was a horrific fourth down. But play. look at the, look how the Cardinals responded in their playoff appearance. They looked terrible, like terrible. And then uh, is Kyler Murray blaming the team for that? I mean, I, it, from what I've seen, the Cardinals have gone out and done everything they could to put a winning team around Kyler Murray. I mean, why is he complaining about, like, what well, other, what other front offs could make you happy? He hasn't actually, like, complained yet. Like, what? it's... This is pretty loud, it though. Is, but what does it mean? Because it could mean different things. Well, Like, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm unhappy with the Arizona Cardinals and the way th- that they've built the... Ro- I, don't, I don't know what it means. Well, this is DEFCON 4 petty, you know? Like, this <laughs> is about <laughs> as bad as it gets. It's kind of like, all right, I'm not going to say anything out loud, but I'm just going to pretend like they don't exist. Okay, like, come on. If you're, if you're an NFL quarterback and you unfollow your team on Instagram and delete all the posts of you in a Cardinals uniform or whatever. Who are you expecting to notice that? America. I mean, it's like you want everybody. Everybody's going to notice that. Everybody's going to put pressure on the front office because everybody's uh, mind is going to be going a million, million directions. He just put it out there for everyone to take this narrative and run with it. Every single person. So, but here's my thing. If you're Cliff Kingsbury, the coach of Arizona, I assume he's got Kyler Murray's phone number. I would hope so. And I assume that, you know, he will call Kyler Murray on the phone. Like, he can do that. You know, he just texts him W-Y-D. Right. So, like, if you're Cliff Kingsbury and you see, if you notice, oh, you unfollowed everybody. Or if you just see, like we did, the athletic report on it. Don't you just call Kyler Murray and say, hey, dude, you good? Yeah. I would imagine. So I, it's like that. So that's why I'm asking. Like, when you delete everything, who are you hoping notices it? Because I would assume if you're the Arizona Cardinals and you have any concern that Kyler Murray is unhappy, you pick up the phone and call the guy and see how he's doing and have an actual conversation with him. So w- what good is it to just be petty? Unless he's just rejecting Cliff Kingsbury's calls. I just don't understand the point of, hey, I'm going to delete all this because I feel like that would just lead to Cliff Kingsbury calling you and being like, hey, man, you good? See, this is what's going on right now, I feel, because I'm pretty sure Cliff Kingsbury had to have been like, hey, man, what's going on? And then I personally think that it's like when you go out on a date with your girlfriend or, you know, boyfriend, whatever, but it's like, and then you you sense that something's wrong and you're like, what's wrong? And they're like, nothing. That's what Kyler Murray is so, doing so right now. So Kingsbury called Kyler Murray and was like, hey, man, you all good? And Kyler Murray's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And, like, really emphasize the f- I'm so, fine. Okay, if he did that, what's the point? Because what? my here's my question. If he has some sort of unhappiness with the Cardinals, wouldn't he tell the Cardinals? Right. Like, if you were unhappy that something Cliff Kingsbury did as a coach or something the front office did with the roster or, or whatever, if you just wanted out, like, you would tell the Cardinals, right? I assume you would tell the Cardinals. 
There would have to be. You wouldn't just immediately go to delete everything off Instagram. Don't talk to me. I, I, that's what I don't get. I don't understand right. this this mindset here. Bringing everybody and bringing the outside world into your business is never a good idea. But only young men that are in their 20s, like Kyler Murray, who's got millions of followers dictating to him how awesome he is, are the ones that pull this type of stuff. It's like you have to have that. It, it, this right here is a bad look at Kyler Murray because it shows that you're you're trying to let everybody else fix your problem. All you got to do is just place a phone call. Make make the effort. What if he's actually happy in Arizona and he just wants Mike Evans? Oh, he just he just wants Mike Evans. So he just deleted everything except that one thing with Mike Evans and being like this guy. I want him. Okay. And instead of calling instead of calling the Cardinals and be like, "Hey, how are we doing?" He just posts on Instagram every free agent he wants. Look, <laughs> it's like trading for Madden. Even though Mike Evans, I don't, he's not even a free agent. You well, just go trade for this guy, please. Well, like when John Madden football came out, like originally, you could make the most asinine trade and it would go through. Okay, does Kyler Murray think that it's nineteen ninety four Madden? Is can, that how he feels? Can you still turn? Uh, like if you do a season mode or uh, franchise mode, can you still make it to where the computer has to accept your trades? I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm All pretty trades sure. accepted. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Done. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Mike, uh, Tampa, you're going to get a seventh round pick. We're going to take Mike Evans. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Tua for Aaron Rodgers straight up. I like it. I like, I like, we, we were getting two on that rookie deal. This can't go wrong. Um, but yeah, I, it's just, again, why, why would you bring everybody else? For, why would you bring the outside world, especially the fans who know nothing about what's going on, who think they know because they read a blog that might be true, but it just kind of forces their, you know, forces their aim in a different direction. I mean, like what? I, I just don't understand this move. This really is a bad look for Kyler Murray all the way across the board. Unless he just wants Mike Evans. Unless he just wants Mike Evans, then you know what? Put it out there, buddy. I don't even. I don't think they're allowed to say that. They're though. not. That's why. That's what I'm saying. You, you can't just be like, "Yeah, I want Mike Evans on the Cardinals." He's under contract, so well, you the, just delete all your Instagram posts except this one with Mike Evans. And well, then Kyler Murray should have showed that one picture where him and Mike Evans were on the kiss cam, you know, or something like that. I mean, I'm sure there's a picture out there somewhere. Letting everybody know the affinity he has for Mike Evans. Because I personally think Mike Evans is the best receiver in football. I think. God, you're a moron. I Just do shut think up. We so. Gotta go to break. You don't think so? We got to go Look to at break. what he's done. We got to go okay, to break. Okay, fine. With all the different quarterbacks, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Kara, shut him up. Go to break. <laughs> We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Ed Graney is not here. You get gooch for some yeah. reason. Mm. I'm mm. sorry, mm. everybody. You not want great. coffee? No, here's urine. That's basically, no, I'm joking. What? Moving on. What was that? That was me saying I was a drop-off from Ed Grady. The worst intern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's brutal. See? Kira gets it. I don't think she does. She gets it. I think she's just she's laughing because you said urine on the radio. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't That's know what to think. It. Yeah, you know what to think. I have another Super Bowl question for you. Yes. Let's play really quick. I can't say that word on the air. Bleep, Mary kill. Mm. Wide receiver edition. Yes. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Odell Beckham. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Oh, that's tough. <sighs> it's tough because I always look at quarterback play and see who, who the quarterback. I mean, I always look at wide receiver and look at who the quarterback is throwing to him. And now if you look, if you took Odell Beckham with Baker Mayfield compared to Odell Becker, Odell Beckham with Stafford, obviously there's going to be a jump up. So I'd have to say 
I'd have to see Cooper Cup just because he has really been dominating in that system for a while. So you're marrying Cooper Cup? I'd say I'd probably marry Cooper Cup because it's like if I need a first down, this guy has shown that you, you, he he makes giant plays whenever you need him to make. So a play. who are you killing? Jamar I'd, Chase or Odell Beckham? I'd have to kill Odell Beckham just because I look at Jamar Chase and go, well, this guy's a younger Odell. Like, this guy is incredible. But I look at Odell and I'm like, ah, you're still amazing, but you're still getting you're, – you're still amazing athletically superior to Cooper Cup. But I just think Cooper Cup just – I don't know. Just He's just clutch. He's a very clutch wide receiver. Clutch. Very so you're clutch. marrying Cooper Cup. I'm marrying Cooper Cup. bleeping – Jamar Chase. I'm bleeping Jamar Chase. And you're killing Odell Beckham. And one night of passion with Jamar, and then I'm killing Odell. So. And the same night? Yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, do I, <laughs> is it a time frame here? I got to marry. I got to. That means I'm doing two guys. Okay. Moving forward, moving on. If I'm marrying somebody, then I got to bleep twice, right? I mean, you don't have to. But okay. No? I, okay. I mean, I think it's expected, but. Right. I mean, if you marry. Isn't the thing that it, when you marry, you don't have that as much? Well, yeah, that's the thing. Well, so, that's, so, that's only no. because when you get married, you end up, you're, you're with somebody for so long and then you end up hating one another. Right. Right. So, no. But what I'm saying is, is what happens if this relationship grows? With Cooper Cup? Maybe. Think about that. Well, you killed his second best wide receiver on his team, so he might not be very I mean, it's only you. for half a season. I mean, <laughs> he'll get over it. Uh, the Raiders, by the way. Hiring a special teams coordinator, Tom McMahon, from the Broncos. Do you have any special teams hot takes? <laughs> Come on for me. Bring me some special teams hot takes. I mean, there's got to be something to this, I, especially when the Giants hired Joe Judge to be their head coach, and they're like, it's going to be just like Belichick because he was the special teams coordinator at one point in his career. We're getting essentially the same guy. No, you're not. You know, So I, I don't understand why special teams coordinator – gets thrown into the mix. Maybe if they were an assistant head coach and they were just there every step of the way with the with the head coach and just kind of learning their tendencies, but I, I no, I don't I don't know how you make your special teams it all revolves around your kicker anyway, right? Well the Raiders have a good kicker and punter. They got them both signed to four year deals. It's mm-hmm. a great job. You walk in, you don't have to do anything. You're just like, oh yeah, let the good guys kick. See, now this is where I look at special teams coordinators and I go, okay, who are your kicker and punter? And how much is that attributed to your success? It's unlike when I look at an offensive coordinator when, you know, they had, like, you you look at Josh McDaniels and you're like, okay, yeah, you had Tom Brady. Things were pretty easy when you had Tom Brady. But last year, though, might have been his greatest achievement as an offensive coordinator. As an offensive coordinator because you go in there with a rookie quarterback like Mac Jones and they were still winning. So it's like greatest achievement as an offensive coordinator guy who's got how many Super Bowl rings does he have? Yes, but he had him with Tom Brady. I know, but you're just saying his greatest achievement. Okay, how about this? The most impressive thing that he has done as an offensive coordinator is when thing. I like how you tried to change the phrasing there, but it's the same thing. Pull it back a little. (laughs) Pull it back, Gooch. I don't disagree with you. Right. I just. But my th- but my thing is always it's like you're going to see a lot of these guys get good jobs because of like because of the quarterback that they've had under their under their tutelage. Tutelage. I'll give you a hot take about special teams. Is it scolding hot? I am disappointed the Raiders hired Tom McMahon from the Broncos to be their special teams coordinator because they were reportedly interested in hiring Joe Judge as their special teams coordinator. And I wanted Joe Judge to be here as the special teams coordinator because I would want to see the Raiders run a quarterback sneak on third and eight from their own four-yard line. See, if he's the special teams coordinator, it's going to be a punt sneak, punter sneak. Let's do it. They never see it coming. (laughs)
the punter's got to run 15 yards just to get to the line it's of scrimmage. Loving it. And then sneak forward for the fourth and inches to pick it up. Oh, uh, we'll catch it with their pants down. It's great. <laughs> uh, this is, though, I think the first instance we've seen of the Raiders not going with a former Patriots guy. Like everything else so far has been former Patriots guy. Obviously, Josh McDaniels and the GM, Dave Ziegler, both former Patriots. Defensive coordinator coming in, former Patriot, right? And now, if it had been Joe Judge, Joe Judge was the Patriots from 2012 to 2019, right? It's a long time that he was there when Josh McDaniels uh, and Dave Ziegler were there. But they didn't hire him, and they hired this guy from the Broncos. So it's disappointing. I, I want to see the failed head coach, Joe Judge, get a shot as another special teams coordinator here. I would tell you, if I were Joe Judge, there probably would have been a frowny face emoji sent to Josh McDaniels. Probably. Like, buddy, maybe a picture of, of the two of them at a bar. Like, remember these good times? Right. You don't want to do this at the Bellagio? Oh, Poor Joe heartbreak. Judge. Poor Joe heartbreak. Judge. Heartbreak. Don't you feel bad for Joe Judge? No. Oh. But... <laughs> You said he was heartbroken. <laughs> I'm sure he was heartbroken, but I don't know him. I mean, I gotta feel bad for him. He's got millions of dollars in the bank. He's doing what he loves. Well, not right now. He doesn't have a job. I mean, he's still got that money, though. I know that's fine. He yeah, can, yeah. Let he him can just sort of swimming around in his money bin. He's loving it up. You know how I know football coaches are either dumb or insane. Mm. So many of them keep working after they get fired and get a big buyout. Yeah, like they get they get multiple millions of dollars just to get fired and go away. And they come back and say, yeah, I got to keep coaching boys. Yeah. After I got fired from my coaching job, um, there would never be a paparazzi picture with me with my finger down. It would just be like, I'm winning and the rest of the world is losing. I'm getting paid to not do anything. And there's still three years left on this contract. Right. You know, right. (laughs) It's just perfect. Why would you get back into it? I don't know. That's how I know they're either dumb or insane. Well, that's like, it's like Hugh Jackson. It's like, I don't think he wants to be a coach. I think he's just kind of like, I'm just going to keep letting the Browns pay me while I tank them. Which is what I would do. Yeah, that's great. of course. Why would you not do Whatever. that? Whatever. Like, once you get to a certain point, you're like, because yeah. that's the thing about football coaching. This is not like an easy profession. This is not, it's very time consuming. Like, you're working all the all the damn time. I'd be like, no, thank you. Right, right. He showed I'm us going just, on vacation. And Hugh Jackson showed us just how difficult being a head coach was <laughs> when you only win one game in two years. Impressive. Yeah. Coming up next, David Roth joins the show. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Joining us now from Defector is David Roth. All right, David, how many appliances in your house are not working right now? Well, what do you mean by working? See, this is, I think you're off topic. Uh, we got one large format one still not working. Everything else is more or less in, on some spectrum of function, I would say. So the stove You can use is... the stovetop to cook on. Okay. Uh, now, is it perfect? Who among us is perfect? Right. How, how is the dishwasher at holding coffee cups? Uh, I mean, it, it holds them. It doesn't make them any cleaner, but you can leave. I mean, it can hold pretty much anything. You okay. could, uh, yeah, just name some items as long as they're not too heavy. I'm still working on, yeah, I've given up on the old electrician. I just started, I feel like that man and this building, I don't know what happened between them, but it's not, it's like trying to get somebody to, I, I guess I don't understand his trauma. Cause I keep being like, what? It's like, we'll do it. And he's like, I don't, my fax machine's not working and you need to send something to the management company. And, uh, oh, what? I'm sorry. My building's on fire. I gotta go. Like, it's just like really clearly does not want anything to do with the place. Why do I feel like you're cleaning your dishes with water you've collected from a tarp? He has well. My editor in chief moved to a small city, um, like a, about eighty miles upstate, and they had a terrible ice storm last weekend. 
and they've been like living like frontier people for a week. And it's, it actually makes me feel a little bit better about this stuff. Cause like, obviously I've been griping on, you know, a popular sports radio show, uh, halfway across the country. I've been complaining about my dishwasher since like, I don't know, late-ish 2020 now, but they were like sleeping. They dragged their mattress in front of their fireplace and slept with like all their animals arrayed around them for like five days. And all I have to do is, uh, you know, wash my dishes with my actual hands like I did for the first, however, 35 years of my life. It sounds like a very relaxing picture, you know, being surrounded with your animals, but it's a different animal when, you know, you're using your animals to stay warm. Right, yes. When it's like a full, like, tauntaun type relationship. Yeah. Like, <laughs> not just short of cutting them open, right. just short of cutting the animals open and wearing their their pelt. Yeah. You know? I would, like, having, owning a house seems pretty terrifying. Like, I mean, obviously, I uh, I don't know the state of their dishwasher and whether it functions or not, and I'm not going <laughs> to say I wouldn't trade places with them sometimes. But, man, like, that, once everything freezes and then thaws and stuff, they have, like, a radiator blow up. It's like, I don't have those sorts of problems. I just have a... Uh, you know, spotty wireless in the front of the apartment, and also every electrician in the city fears my building with their life. It sounds like everybody that lives in your building goes down to Brooklyn and just tries to get gold from the... Uh, the uh... <laughs> There's a lot of panning. Yeah, yeah a lot of There's panning. Lot... Yeah, like prospectors. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the very few, uh, like, real stable investments here now. You, know, you can make more in crypto, but yeah. no one knows what it is. <laughs> Whereas uh, you pull a, a sweet nug out of the East River, buddy, you are eating good that mm-hmm. night. Got a nug and got a nice uh, syringe out of this, you know. Don't even... <laughs> Yes. Covering our bases. All right. Important uh, Super Bowl question for you. Uh, yeah. I should have come up with a better name for this because you can't say part of it on the radio. But Bleep, Mary, Kill, Odell Beckham, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase. Wow. Uh, so I have some, some baggage with Odell. So... Uh, he probably would get killed. I'm happy that things are going well for him. I just feel like uh, of those three, he's easily the least interesting to me at this point. Just because I've like, I, I never went for the way the New York media portrayed him. Like that they were, everybody was really mad about him. Uh, you know, like having like like dyeing his hair and stuff. Because what the tabloids wanted from Giants players was basically to be like, like like Eli Manning but not like the football version of Eli Manning, like the version of him that's in like the local Dunkin' Donuts ads where he's wearing like an Oxford shirt and is like, I like things that are sweet. <laughs> like Beckham was like a little bit too colorful for that. Um, he's, it's nice to see that he can still kind of do it. A cup and chase to me are awesome. Like I'm actually, I was talking to Drew, we were going, getting ready for the podcast tomorrow. And like, I'm actually like excited to talk about the Super Bowl. Like for the most part in years past, there's always been that like, Brady-sized obstacle there where you're kind of like, well, one of these teams I hope will win because it's not the Patriots or it's not, you know, whatever, Tom Brady and Antonio Brown. In this case, I I like both these teams. I really admire what the Rams are doing in terms of going for it. Like, just, like, you know, it might be that in a couple of years that decision doesn't look as good, but this is what you're supposed to do. Like, I really respect them getting after it the way they are. And Cup, to me, is like, I think that he's. Uh, I guess I would. I guess he's the one you marry. Never really been sure what the uh, like. Cause, you know, the first two options are both things that you know they show great respect. <laughs> I think Chase <laughs> is super cool. I haven't seen him as much as I've seen Cup. I just like he's got that thing where you know, like Derrick Henry, at least the healthy version of Derrick Henry, is like never stopped for a loss. 
Like everything that I see Cup catch somehow ends six or seven yards from where he catches it, no matter how well covered he is. And I don't know exactly how he's doing it. It's not like crazy size, speed, strength stuff. He just seems extremely good at playing football. And I, I'm like, he sure made Matt Stafford look a lot better than I have ever seen Matt Stafford look. And when you look at Odell Beckham and you look at Jamar Chase, they're going to look great on your arm. But are they going to pick the kids up from school like Cooper no. Cup would? Right. That's the thing. You, or are they going to um, impress people by faintly looking like Jake Paul if you're not really paying that much attention? Oh, <laughs> easily hate to, hateable right there. Yeah, right. That's, the, that's your, your downfall there. That somebody's got to tell them that the whole, like, the thing, like, clean on the sides but a big beard, like, nothing wrong with it like lovey smith can pull it off but like there's the brand is not as strong as it should be because of of the ball broke. i wonder if anybody has ever laid out cooper cup and then whispered that's for ruining boxing <laughs> right. tyron woodley sends his regards yeah. <laughs> all right nba trade deadline what are we two days away here james harden does it make any sense for the nets to trade him i'm still kind of i don't know i'm still kind of amused that this keeps coming up that oh they're gonna trade away james harden it's weird to me too because it's like this is about as low as his value could get, and yet there's a bunch of star. I mean, like, is it lower than Ben Simmons is? Like, all we know about Ben Simmons is that he's not practicing and is upset a lot. You know, like Harden is playing and poorly, like very poorly. Like, I but I don't think that it's like the end of the road for him necessarily. Like, this isn't you know like end of the career Antonio McDice where his body won't do it anymore. I just think it seems like a weird fit given the personnel that they have on any given night, especially without Durant, that like Harden is not going to be shown to his advantage. But all the trades, I mean, like Simmons for Harden at this point is just kind of a bummer. You know, like I, I think it would make, if Simmons plays, I think it would make them an incredible defensive team. And if Harden, you know, contributes anything, then that's obviously more than Simmons, I think is ever going to give the Sixers again. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of grim. Like I, there's a bunch of teams where I would love to see them like do what the Cavs did yesterday getting Karis LeVert, where like teams that are, are good, probably not going to win the finals, but like are making moves to really make a push in the postseason. Like there's a, a bunch of those. I feel like the, the Jazz could do that. I feel like the Nuggets could do something sort of like that. But all we've seen so far, I mean, there's a, you saw CJ McCollum was traded like a few minutes ago. Yeah. And like that sort of deal to me, like, I'm, you know, like sentimental about the Blazers because I love watching Dame and stuff. If they're really just going to tear it all down and stuff like that and they're not working on some sort of positive plan, then, like, I think that's, I don't know. None of that, it's still fun when guys get traded. Like, I'm not going to say that this, any of this is, like, a bummer to me. I've, I've loved this stuff since I was a kid. I just like to see uh, teams working on some sort of actual goal instead of swapping distressed assets and then trashing them on their way out the door. What do you think has led to James Harden's decline? Do you think it's the rule change? Do you think it's the fact that he's not getting to the foul line as much? I mean, what is it? That sure isn't helping. I, the rule change stuff, it's weird. Early in the season, there was some, I think we talked about it on the show, where like he was doing the old James Harden stuff where you kind of take three dribbles into the lane and then just do a jumping jack and throw the ball into the crowd. And like <laughs> there was no whistle. And you could see on his face that he was just like, well, that's not supposed to happen. Like I did the thing I'm supposed to do. Now I get my two shots. Like, you guys need to get with the program. And he has adjusted a little bit to that. I think that he's still getting worse treatment from the officiating teams in that regard than, you know, like other guys would. But he also got better treatment back in the day. I don't have a lot of sympathy for him.
for him in that. To me, the, the confusing part is just, like, like why the shot isn't going. Because that's the part of it where, like, when he's shooting, like, 32% from three, which, you know, better than I would do, but it is not, like, anything like what James Harden should be doing. And, like, if he's, you know, a sort of a one-dimensional shooter, like, and he, I mean, he needs the ball in his hands, too. He's not a catch-and-shoot guy. Like, if that's, like, your volume dude is a guy that makes three out of ten three-pointers and doesn't contribute to anything on defense and also can't do the dribble penetration stuff that set him up as a passer in the past, then, like, I don't know what, like, is that Robert Covington? Like, what kind of, like, that's definitely not a superstar at that point. Uh, Important question for you. Can you spell Cincinnati? (laughs) So I can spell it confidently, but I could also, uh, I think there's, like, a 50% chance I'm right. So it's two N's, one T, right? Can you spell Cincinnati? C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I. Yeah. Did, did I get it? All you right. did. You nailed it. I learned this yeah. week that I can't spell Cincinnati. Uh, yeah. I only type Cincy in any reference to Cincinnati, which isn't a lot until this week. Um, I also know you you do spelling bees, so I... <laughs> those, are, those spelling bees were... That was a real deep, um, like, pandemic hours. They, uh, <laughs> the... Um, Spelling bees out of what was it called? Not faded out of Los Angeles. It's just like me and a bunch of stand-up comics, but they're all in Los Angeles, so they would start for me at like eleven thirty, and you were supposed to drink the entire time. <laughs> I won one of them, but I have like a very—I have to go back and like watch the tape, to make sure that I actually really did it. When Tyler asked me, it was the first question of the morning, and I was barely, barely coherent. And he's like, "You know, <laughs> I spell Cincinnati." Yeah, yeah. I'm like, "You know, I spell Cincinnati." And I, my first response, I had to fight it. It was like, "Well, if I saw it, I could spell it." I'm like, "Oh yeah, well." <laughs> Pretty easy, yeah. yeah. If I just knew the letters, yeah, like I, how hard could it be yeah, at that sh- point? Show me yeah, the word. <laughs> I've never been good at that one, but I think I've more or less figured that out. I'm happy that, like, I was locked in a. I haven't written about college basketball as much, but Shashevsky and I were locked in like a death like staring <laughs> contest for a long time. And like now that he's retiring, I think I won. Like I don't need to learn how to spell it now. Like it's just that we're like one last tournament run away, and then I'm just I have to. I guess, learn how to spell Jonathan Shire's name effectively. Well, he is David Roth from Defector. David, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Take care. Yeah, spelling bees. I figured he would nail that one. I thought you might get it because you're from Cincinnati, but... Well, from Toledo. So I was... I mean, you're from Ohio. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Close enough, though. It's like, you know, in the same state. But you got to understand, though, I'm from Ohio, but I went to school out here, so... Ah, so you didn't get the benefits of being from another state education system. Buh... Uh, that's Nevada school systems for you right there. Whatever that was. I coming up next. Throw out a vowel, kids. Jack Eichel. He's coming back for the Golden Knights. We're back to the press box with Grainy and Bischoff. Are you ready for some injury updates on the Golden Knights? Oh, I'm so ready for it. Jack Eichel, who has not played for the Golden Knights. He participated for the first time in practice yesterday without wearing a non-contact jersey. He was wearing a regular jersey. You could check him into the boards if you wanted to check the guy who's still coming back from a neck injury into the boards. Now, if you're Jack Eichel and you're talking to your teammates and you're like, do you tell them, all right, let me have it? Or do you, or do your teammates understand, like... I'm pretty sure that if anybody actually hit Jack Eichel in practice, they would be off the team. Okay. Right. 
I mean, this is a huge investment. Right. But at the same time, you want to chest them out, don't you? Well, okay. The other part of this that's funny. There's, I mean, you see the logic. There's very, but the other part of this is the whole non-contact jersey thing in hockey practices during the season. They don't hit each other in practice. Okay. Like there's like a little bit probably, but it's not like they're not sending people into the boards during practice. Like nobody's getting hit in practice. Basically, is the point except the goalie with the puck. Well, it's not even the matter. It's not even the fact of of him having his neck heal. It's do you trust yourself? Do you trust your body enough to go out there and take that kind of punishment? And when do you trust your body Which, to take and that listen, punishment? And listen, that is probably a fair point because he has not played hockey in a very long time. And he is, again, a neck injury, right? He's coming back from a very significant area of your body to have <laughs> an repair. experimental. Well, right. I mean, by, well, by the NHL standards, yes, yes. experimental A normal surgery. surgery just had not been used by an NHL player. Yeah, this isn't like now. Captain America and the super serum. You know what I mean? It's like this is, you know, but again, hey, do you think I got out, that though, reference? Huh? Do you think I got that reference? I think you got Captain America. I know Captain America And is. I think you got super serum. Come on. I mean, I, I know what Can a serum is. Can we piece it together? Can you're we piece it together what You're telling happened? me that Captain America is not a real superhero. He got, like, injected with steroids? Basically, okay. yes, yes. He's no, Barry, I did not know that. He's Barry Bonds of superheroes. And and it's like... Why but, didn't they make more Captain Americas, then? Well, they, well, you know, that's a good point. Well, actually, no, they did. They, <laughs> compared, they continued on with Captain America... And now the Falcon is Captain America. What do you mean they continue? They just made okay. another Captain America. This cannot look. Kira is no, like, I'm saying she, like she wants to jump me. in on this. She's like she's like sign languaging with her hands. How how badly she wants to get on in the in on this I conversation. I have a lot of passion for Marvel. So right, the current situation of Captain America is they try to make another one because he had super strength. And it didn't really work out. So now Falcon, who was his best friend, is quote unquote Captain America without being Captain America. Well, but no, no, I'm, I'm confused though. So you're telling me that somebody created a super serum, they injected it into this random dude, and he became this is what Captain 40s. America. Okay, first off, he right. got he got frozen fighting the Nazis. Okay, so you respect you okay. put some respect on Steve well, Rogers' name. Uh, we're we're gonna <laughs> ignore that. I'm just saying from the the people that created the serum. Yes. Whoever these people are, and then made this regular man into Captain America. Why did they not create a whole army of these? Because people? something went wrong during the test, and then they couldn't recreate the serum because the whole thing blew up because the serum worked too good. What do you mean they couldn't recreate it? The people die that made it? Well, there was like a big explosion. Yeah, but did they die thing. that made it? Uh, no, I don't. I don't know if anybody died. But, but you can't recreate. They didn't recreate any. They can't recreate something that they think failed. And this was all. Does that makes sense. And the documents were on Captain America. How do they think it failed? It only happened with him. It only happened with him. Will they put it in other people? No, uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Eventually they did. Well, See, that's the thing. Not, it's like the, the logic 40s, you're telling me right. The, the logic you're telling me right now is that if I was making a grilled cheese sandwich at my house <laughs> and my house blew up, okay. Then I'd be, be a very like, cooked grilled cheese. Then I'd be like, scarred. I, I, then I'd be like, oh, I completely forgot how to make a grilled cheese. No, I know how to make a grilled cheese. I'll go do it at a different person's house. Okay, well, you're talking about grilled cheese compared to molecular biology, and you're trying to say it's the same thing. No, Did no, the no. people that make the serum die? No. Listen. Then you, why didn't they make it again? You need to just they, watch. They lost Captain their notes. <laughs> they lost their notes. Watch Cap <laughs> Watch a movie. <laughs> I feel watch like you movie. guys do not have an answer for this question. It's, well, that's because when we watch a superhero movie, we're not breaking it down in real life. 
like one Tyler Bischoff does. You literally <laughs> break down everything. Why would they not make another one? Well, Can either of you answer that question well, without saying here's th- the thing. it blew up? They did, but it was under super secret government. And then there were other Captain America guys and one. And here's the thing. At the Cap- same time, but when there it was, were multiple Captain America. When it was Falcon and Winter Soldier, they showed that there was one man who was injected with the super serum. He became a superhero. But here's the thing. They, he was a uh, African-American gentleman in the 60s, and he ended up going to jail for like a really long time, got really bad treatment. Meanwhile, you know, Steve Rogers, he was frozen for like 50 years, but then but anyway, it's so complicated. They I don't threw know, the like, black Captain America in jail? There's so many aspects yeah, to there's this. so many things. You got to watch the show. I will not be watching you the show. You need to watch a Captain America movie. Watch a movie. Second question <laughs> yes, for you. Yes, watch a movie. Yes, thank you. A movie. Watch <laughs> capital A movie. Why is this guy named Falcon and not like Bald well, Eagle? Well, because he's got like a jet pack and he flies. Yeah, why not Bald Eagle if yeah. it's America? Bald Eagles. Does Eagles the Falcon and... sounds better. Phonetically, it sounds better. The Bald Eagle? Come on. Is this why you don't watch any movies? Because you overthink everything and then you talk yourself out of it? No, I don't think about the movies at all except when you people bring it up to me and I find holes, plot holes you It's can't what explain. makes oh, him goodness. a great sports talk host. But so why are we Falcons and not Eagles? Have we figured, have I do we have an answer for that? Maybe he just wasn't that okay. American. I mean why I'm just saying need? like why? if I went if I went to you if I went to the Olympics right now to cheer on team USA dressed as a Falcon, you'd be like what's wrong with that guy? Right. Well, I but mean, if I went dressed as a bald eagle, you'd be like, "Oh, okay." Well, I mean, if you were a falcon wearing like red, white, and blue feathers, I'd be like, "Oh, it's a falcon who's and then obviously you'd assume proud." You'd be like, "Oh, be a bald eagle instead." That makes way more sense. It's like the wrong mascot for the wrong team. Stupid.